0: and all that. Looks like summer's arriving this week, after today the temperature says 19 degrees on Tuesday it might be, absolutely amazing. Right, good Friday, Easter Sunday coming up and today Palm Sunday, Jesus entering Jerusalem as King. This is a New Testament story, Matt read earlier from the Gospel of Matthew, the account of the entry into Jerusalem. Uh, But if you don't know the Old Testament, you can't really know the New Testament. And uh, we've been spending three weeks. It's the third week in which we've been in the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi is the last of the Old Testament prophets, the last word of the prophets. He's speaking to a people who are small and insignificant in Jerusalem, but a people who are heirs to all the promises that God has made, the promises that they would be blessed and be a blessing and that all peoples of the earth would rally to God's banner because of what he was doing through this people. And so Malachi speaks both into the reality of their poverty, which they're experiencing at the time, but also into the reality of all the promises that they have received in God. And uh, this Palm Sunday, it's good for us to be reminded of these things. Our verse for this morning, we're going to be looking at a lot of verses, but the verse we're centering on this morning is Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, which says this, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord. Almighty. It's a messenger who's going to come. Sometimes messengers bring good news, sometimes they bring bad news. Throughout the past year of lockdown, we've all got used to messengers of various types. There's been an increase in messengers bringing stuff to our doors, certainly in my house. I was just looking at my road the other day as it seemed like the whole day there were various DPD and Amazon and Hermes trucks lining up and down the road delivering stuff to people's doors. It's been a year of deliveries, of messengers, of stuff coming. Or it might be the, the, messenger, the messages we've been hearing from messengers night by night as uh, Boris and Witty and the rest have stood up and told us we're all about to whatever's going to happen. Uh, we got used to the mes- messages messengers bringing messages to us. Now, this verse in Malachi is the story of three messengers. There's three messengers in this verse. The first one is Malachi himself, and Malachi, that name, means my messenger. And Malachi is a prophetic messenger sent from God to speak to the people about what he is doing and what he wants them to do. There's a second messenger in this verse, and this is the messenger, the way-preparing messenger, the messenger who prepares the way. And uh, in this Uh, culture, uh, a messenger would go ahead of the king to prepare a way. If a king was going to come and visit a town, he'd send messengers ahead who had prepared the way for him to come. Of course, that kind of thing still happens today. This uh, summer down in St. Ives is going to be the G7 summit for global leaders. And uh, somebody I know is a civil servant uh, involved in making that happen. And she's spending months and months and months preparing the way for when the president of the United States and the president of France and the president of Canada and all the rest of them come into the UK. A messenger prepares the way ahead of the king who is coming. That's the second messenger. But then there's a third messenger, or in uh, some older translations of this passage, an angel. A messenger, an angel, the messenger, the angel of the covenant. And this is the Lord. This This is the king who the second messenger is preparing the way for and who Malachi is messaging about, the King, the Lord, the Messiah. And uh, we need to hear the message from all three of these messengers today. And to do that, we need to read the Bible uh, forwards and Backwards, We can't understand the New Testament message. We can't understand Palm Sunday without understanding the Old Testament message. And we can't understand the promises the Old Testament contains without understanding how they are fulfilled in the ministry of Christ, which has recorded for us in the New Testament. Now, Malachi was a messenger sent to a particular people in a particular place at a particular time speaking in Jerusalem, we think probably in the year 433 BC, and he's talking to a remnant people, just a kind of a rump of what had been, a a small, insignificant people living in great difficulty in Jerusalem. And his message has permanent significance. He foresees another messenger, this way-preparing messenger. And then right at the end of Malachi's prophecy, it becomes much more explicit as to who this messenger is. Malachi 4 verse 5, it says, see, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. The, the, the second messenger, the way-preparing messenger is Elijah, who is going to be sent, and Elijah represents all the prophets. Elijah was a, a great and mighty prophet, prophet. He was a bit of a wild man. You read the story about Elijah in First Kings. He was a, a wild guy and he was somebody who spoke God's word to a nation who were compromising with paganism, with sin, with idolatry, and The key moment in Elijah's story is when he stands on Mount Carmel and confronts the false prophets, the prophets of Baal, and and there's this great kind of cosmic showdown as Elijah stands on his own and there's hundreds of the false prophets and fire comes from heaven and Elijah is seen to be speaking the truth. And then we get to the New Testament. Jesus says that, well, who is this Elijah? Jesus says that John the Baptist is the Elijah that Malachi foresaw. Matthew 11, verse 7. Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John, John the Baptist. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you. And more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written in Malachi... I will send my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. John was the preparing messenger for the Lord who was to come. And who is the Lord that John prepared the way for? Well, Malachi describes the Lord as the Lord of the temple, the messenger of the covenant. And to understand that, we need to read back into the story, to understand what's happening today, Palm Sunday. We need to read back into the story. If we're to understand what the Old Testament is about, what the Bible's about, we need to understand who it is about. Uh, Dutch theologian Herman Bavinck says this, the Old Testament begins after the fall with the promise of the seed of the woman, Genesis 3.15. And it ends with the announcement of the coming of the angel of the covenant. Malachi 3 verse 1. And it's that story which we need to understand. If we're going to make sense of Palm Sunday, we need to understand that story. The Genesis to Malachi story. The the seed of the woman to the angel of the covenant. We need to understand that story. So let's trace it out. And this story begins with the promise that comes after the fall. The fall... Adam and Eve, our first parents, who rebelled against God, followed their own way rather than the way of the Lord. And then the Lord speaks to them, and he speaks to the serpent who has tricked and deceived them. And God says to the woman, and he says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel." What God promises here is a way out. Because of human rebellion against God, we human beings are engaged in a battle. We are entangled by our sin, and that gives rise to all the other battles. The tangle that Adam and Eve got into with the snake in the garden leads to all the other tangles in which we are caught up. The thorns and thistles of life. The stuff where life is just harder than it should be, where the work that we do and the things that we pursue are not as straightforward as they should be but always seem to have complexity and difficulty come into them and the pain and the suffering that the human race has experienced in extraordinary measures and the wars to which we go. All these are the consequence of our being entangled by sin. But God says one is coming who will crush the serpent's head. The serpent who led us into this tangled mess. And the rest of the Old Testament story is really the unfolding of that plan. And uh, we'll look at some key moments in that unfolding story. First one is with the call of Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, God speaks to Abraham and says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who blessed you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God promises to Abraham a people, a people who are then going to impact all the peoples of the earth. And this people God speaks of, this people God promises Abraham are comprised of 12 tribes, the sons of Jacob. And from one of those tribes, there's going to come a king who will rule all the tribes, all peoples. And so in Genesis 49, we read about how Jacob blesses and prophesies over his sons. And he says this to his son, Judah, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he to whom it belongs shall come and the obedience of the nations shall be his. There's going to be one who emerges from the tribe of Judah, who is going to be king over all peoples. He's going to be the fulfillment of that promise which God spoke at the beginning about the serpent's head being crushed. And this begins to be fulfilled in the person of David. David, Israel's most famous king. David came from the tribe of Judah. And David united all of the 12 tribes of the people of Israel into one strong nation, and he defeated his enemies, and he gained alliances and allies with other nations. He was a great king. But David was not the end of this story. David was a a representative, a a type of of what is uh, being promised of, of the one who will come, and we start to get uh, more and more information about a greater son who will come. And this figure who begins to be described as the Messiah. There's going to be a Messiah who comes from the house of David. And that term Messiah, it means anointed. And to be anointed, you be anointed with oil... Or with perfume or with spice, and anointing happened in all kinds of different situations. People used oil to anoint their skin in a hot and dry country, uh, to anoint your skin, to soften it. Anointing was a sign of joy. The harvest has come in, there's oil, there's plenty, it's a sign of abundance. Anointing was used in welcome. If somebody came to your house, it's a sign of hospitality and friendship that you would anoint them. That still happens in some Middle Eastern cultures today. Somebody comes into your home and they're anointed with perfume. It's a sign of welcome, of, of friendship. Anointing was used in sickness. If somebody was ill, they would be anointed. The story that Jesus told about the Good Samaritan finds a man beaten and wounded. He anoints his wounds with wine and with Oil to bring healing to him. Anointing was used to show respect for the dead. A dead body would be anointed with spices. And anointing was used in worship. The tabernacle was anointed and the altar was anointed and the priests were anointed. And kings and prophets and priests were anointed. And the Messiah is the anointed one. The Messiah is the one who is anointed and brings anointing. He is the joy bringer. He is the community builder. He is the healer. He is the prophet. He is priest and king. The Messiah is a man, but he's much more than just a man. He sits at God's right hand, and he is David's Lord. So David speaks of this Messiah who's to come, Psalm 110, and says, The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And he is the Son of God, which is why Psalm 2 says, I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And he is Emmanuel, which means God's with us. As Isaiah tells us, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel. And he is the Lord, our righteousness. As Jeremiah tells us, in those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. And he is the shepherd. Isaiah says see the sovereign lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm see his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him he tends his flock like a shepherd he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart he gently leads those that have young and Isaiah chapter 9 tells us that he is wonderful counselor mighty god eternal father prince of peace and yet in Zechariah we read that he is lowly rejoice greatly daughter Zion shout daughter Jerusalem see your king comes to you righteous and victorious lowly and riding on a donkey on a colt the foal of a donkey and he is the suffering servant Isaiah 53 Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. He is Savior and Judge, he is Lion and Lamb, he is the Lord, the Anointed the Messiah. He is the messenger of the covenant who Malachi foresees. Now, who is he? Well, Jesus said that John was the Elijah who was to come. And John says about Jesus that Jesus is the Messiah. This is what John said about Jesus in Matthew 3. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John, who Jesus says is the Elijah, the way-preparing messenger, sees Jesus and John says, this is the one who I am preparing the way for. This is the one who was to come. This is the Lord. This is the Messiah. And this is how Jesus understood himself. We read this in the Gospels of John and Luke, where Jesus talks about the Scriptures and how They talk about him. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And when the disciples encountered Jesus... They saw him as the one that the story that the scriptures were all about. So we read in John chapter 1 that Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He was the one who fulfills all that the story had told about the Messiah. And of course, this all culminates at Easter, And so the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, has this to say, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Yes, the Lord has come. Jesus is the Messiah. And as Jesus entered Jerusalem that Palm Sunday, that was demonstrated. All those scriptures that spoke about who he was and what he was like, they were fulfilled. They were fulfilled literally as Jesus, as Zechariah foresaw, entered Jerusalem on a, on a colt, on a, on a donkey's foal. As he entered Jerusalem, his Messiahship was demonstrated. And on Good Friday at the cross, his messiahship was demonstrated. And on Resurrection Sunday at the empty grave, his messiahship was demonstrated. And now and forevermore, he is the messiah. Without compromise and without change. He is the messenger who was to come. He is the Lord. So what Malachi says. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. Jesus came to his temple. One of the interesting things about what Malachi says here is that they desire this messenger. The one you desire will come. And in many ways that's surprising because of the state of the people to whom Malachi is speaking. They are a compromised compromising people they are God's people they're the heirs of all God's promises of all that story that has been told about what God was working out through the ages but they were not living up to the promises that God had given them. And their experience of life was not one of victory. It was one of defeat. It wasn't one of glory. It was one of shame. It wasn't a, their experience wasn't one of triumph. It was one of failure and weakness. It wasn't one of faithfulness to God. It was of broken promises and unfaithfulness on their part. And yet Malachi says they are desiring this Lord who is to come. Why? Why? If you're living in compromise, why would you desire the one who would actually come and tell you that you're living in compromise? I think the answer is that the Messiah is the real answer to all our desires. He's the answer to our desire for joy. He's the answer to our desire for community, our desire for health, our desire for truth, our desire for beauty, our desire for reconciliation, our desire for order. He is the answer to all our desires. And so we need this messenger. We need this messenger. We need this Messiah. We need this Lord today just as much as did those Jews living in Jerusalem 433 BC, just as much as did the people who welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem sometime around 30 AD. We need this messenger, we need this Messiah just as much as did they. And the same promise which God had made and spoken over them is for us today as well. It's the grace of God which draws us near to God. Malachi says that this Messiah who is to come is the messenger of the covenant. Now, what is that covenant? It's a covenant of God. Grace. It's about God's gracious intervention in the world. It's about God's promise to people like us, God's unbreakable promise that He can bring us into relationship with Himself, that the desires of our heart can be answered as we come face to face with the Lord, with the Messiah, with the Messenger of the covenant. He is the fulfillment of all these promises. The promises have been made by God, which means they cannot be broken. It means that no matter what we do, the covenant cannot be broken. It means that no matter how compromised those people were in 433 B.C., or how fickle the crowd was in Jerusalem in A.D. 30-something, where one day they're triumphing Jesus in and the following week they crucify him and no matter what failures and unfaithfulness we might be guilty of the covenant cannot be broken because God has made it and God has kept it in the person of his son, Jesus of Nazareth the Messiah, the hope of the world he is the messenger of the covenant and he invites us into this experience of his grace, of mercy and kindness and forgiveness. God is faithful. The Lord has come. And so we should come to this Jesus, to this Messiah, and not compromise as we're on this Easter road. Palm Sunday today, Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday next week. And as long as God gives us breath in our bodies, let's not compromise on this Easter road but let's welcome him as king and let's stand under his anointing he is the Messiah he is the anointed one he's the one who anoints us he anoints us for health and for truth and for beauty and for grace and for community He is the anointing king who anoints his people. So let's stand under his anointing. Let's receive his grace and let's praise his name. Let's praise him. Lord, we do. We worship you. Thank you that you are the one who is the fulfillment of all the promises. You are the Messiah. You're the son of David. You're the one who was to come. You're the serpent-crushing king. And so today, may we again entrust ourselves to you, and whatever our story, wherever we might have been unfaithful or compromised, we come to you who was uncompromising as you headed to the cross in order to bring us into grace and into life. And so let us stand in the truth of that again. Each one of us here today, may we know the reality, the, the outpoured oil of the anointing of God upon us, that we might find life and refreshment wherever it is we need it today. Let us know the truth, the power, the reality of the messenger who has come, the Lord, the Messiah, the King. We praise you, King Jesus. Amen.